I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Wednesday. I hope your day is treating you well. Today, I am answering your questions texted into the podcast phone line. But first, today's rose, bud, and thorn. The rose for me today is the weather. Where I live, it is like a crisp, sunny like 69 and I am thrilled. My thorn is that I'm trying to get an expedited passport. And honestly, let this just serve as your reminder to just go ahead and get yours renewed if you need to. Don't don't do what I did and wait <laughs> until you have a trip booked um, that you spontaneously agreed to go on and it's happening in less than two weeks and now you don't have a passport and you're probably gonna have to use your birth certificate. Just don't don't do what I did. Go ahead, renew your passport. If it's going to expire soon, if it's already expired, be better than me. My bud is that I'm going to need a passport this year for the first time in a really long time, and I'm excited. Okay, let's get into your questions called into the podcast phone line. The first question is, how do I know if I'm a type 5? I resonate with seeking knowledge, deeper understanding. I definitely prefer to spend time alone. I guard myself and my emotions, I throw myself into random hobbies, and learn all about them, and I'm very curious about everything. What confuses me is that I don't fear being useless. I resonate a lot with a four as well, which is why I'm unsure. So sometimes when the wing is so intertwined, like the two of these are, both of them are withdrawing types, it can be tricky to tell which one is dominant. I really think it's safe to say you're either a four-wing five or a five-wing four. Now, the major difference here is what role you believe you have to play. Do you feel as though you need to be emotionally vulnerable, deep, emotionally validated, and significant in some way? Or do you believe you have to be fully informed before you can take action, manage your resources, preserve your privacy to keep from people taking too much from you? Another thing I like to use with distinguishing between two types is the worldview. So over the course of your life, you've likely looked at the world through a particular lens of expectation and understanding. So for fours, that looks like feeling as though there is something wrong with them or something they're missing and they need something outside of themselves to make them complete or significant in some way. Now, whether that's a partner, a job, a degree, it doesn't really matter. It's just that they believe there's something that they need that will make them feel complete. So they must express their authentic self and make something beautiful out of their life. Now, fives walk through the world believing that it is an intrusive place and they must guard their resources of energy, money, and time so that they can think. They feel as though they must be self-sufficient and not depend on others. Now, at the end of the day, the key difference here is the way that you interact with emotions. Not that fives are not emotional or fours can't be stoic, but... I would say fours in general want people to see their feelings, want to be validated in their feelings. They want to be met in an emotional place, whereas fives tend to keep theirs kind of guarded and reserved, prefer to keep their emotions to themselves. I hope this is helpful. Question number two. Hi, Sarah Jane. I love your podcast and books. Thank you. I'm wondering about some of the finer details of the different Enneagram numbers. So number one has an inner critic, or at least I've heard it referenced a bunch. Does every number have an inner voice or a feature like this? So we all have something we think we have to be, 
And we carry voices that prove to us that that's true based on experiences we've had in our life. Type 1's critic tells them to be perfect, so it's kind of scanning for flaws and imperfections. Whereas 2's tell them not to be selfish, 3's not to be lazy, 4's not to be average, 5's not to be uninformed, 6's not to be too risky, 7's not to be a downer, 8's not to be weak, and 9's to not be too much. These are often voices we adopt from our family of origin that follow us through our life and inform how we interact with the world. So, yes, type 1's have an inner critic, but we all kind of do as well. It's just that they focus in on different things. So it turns out that everything you think you know about probiotics might be wrong. I knew probiotic tortilla chips sounded way too good to be true, but good news, Seeds Daily Symbiotic is the real deal. Not all probiotics are created equal. So what is the Daily Symbiotic? It's a broad spectrum two-in-one probiotic and prebiotic, a proprietary formulation of 24 distinct probiotic strains in scientifically studied dosages. Propiety engineered two-in-one capsule that protects probiotics through digestion to ensure delivery to the colon. If you've taken a probiotic before and never felt a difference, it's likely because the good bacteria wasn't surviving your GI tract. Seed is designed differently, and that's why it works. I was so excited to try Seed because I have had the biggest journey to healing my gut and really enhancing my gut health. And part of the problem when you are struggling with gut issues is that your vitamins are not absorbing into your body. So knowing that this is going straight into my digestive tract, it's going to get there, it's going to do its job, was so comforting to me. Now, it's not... A bad thing that their packaging is so beautiful that my husband immediately ordered one for himself because you know we're we love a beautiful thing it comes in this beautiful reusable packaging and it is very incentivizing if you are someone like most of us who are motivated by things that bring us joy like beautiful packaging and trust in a good product So what does the daily symbiotic do for you? It supports benefits in and beyond the gut. Yes, seed will support ease of bloating, healthy regularity, and ease of evacuation, if you know what I mean. But it will also support your gut barrier, so skin health, heart health, and micronutrient synthesis. Just know that gut immune function is not boosting the immune system, but it's about supporting the crosstalk between your intestinal cells and your immune cells. Many see improvements in digestion within 24 to 48 hours, which can include bowel movement regularity and ease bloating. Y'all, this is a big deal. So start a new healthy habit today. Visit seed.com egram and use the code egram to redeem 20% off your first month of Seed's Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com egram and use the code egram. Question number three. Hi, my name is Rachel and I love your book and podcast. This may be off topic, but you mentioned a few weeks back in an episode that you use an astrology app that sends daily reminders and horoscopes to your phone. Is there a particular astrology app that you use? I am interested in learning more about astrology and the Enneagram, so I figured I'd ask. Sometimes it's interesting to see how sometimes they can relate or disagree for that matter. Plus, it was neat to see that you had a daily horoscope come up that was relatable to a particular situation you were experiencing. I haven't found one that I liked, so I wanted to reach out. 
Definitely. I love this question. I do use a few different apps for this. I like the CoStar app for kind of a daily horoscope and notifications. I also like the Pattern app for deep descriptions of your own astrology chart. Um, it also shows kind of the longer term patterns that you're looking at. So for example, my pattern right now says that from June 3rd to April or June 3rd, 2021 to April 13th, 2022, I will be in a cycle called Adventure Unfolds, which essentially means I'm feeling restless and unsatisfied and will be seeking a lot of change. Sounds pretty seven-like to me. Now, both of these apps will let you connect with friends who you are um, who kind of like are also on the app. The pattern will even show you what to expect out of that relationship and it's like creepily accurate. So those are the two that I use, CoStar and the pattern. Question four, hey, I'm planning my wedding happening in May. I was wondering if you could do a podcast about how to protect yourself on your wedding day based on your type. I'm type one and I know I will try to control everything and make sure it is perfect. How can I relax and enjoy the day? So far, I have tried to keep my expectations super low so I won't get disappointed. Any tips or things I should think about or tell my bridesmaids to watch out for when I'm a type one bride? Thanks, Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Fun fact, I was a wedding photographer for almost a decade and have seen it all. So I do feel very equipped to answer this question. In general, as a photographer, I always give the advice to decide what three things you really care about and then let the other things go. So for me, when we got married, it was food, photography, and coffee. So that's where I put my energy and I really let others worry about the rest. So I'm going to give that advice to our ones. Decide what really matters to you and let the rest go. I don't think it's completely realistic to expect that you wouldn't have strong preferences on anything. I think it's much gentler to really hone that skill set into just one area instead of kind of all across the board. Type twos, I think have a selfish bodyguard, someone who reminds you that this is about you, maybe even sets some boundaries for you, like a planner or a coordinator, but a friend can do also if like budget doesn't allow for that. Type threes, think about how you wanna feel on your day, not how you wanna be perceived fours let some things be ordinary but the things you really want to be special go all in on those and let the rest go type fives i really think like don't be afraid to elope or keep it really small sixes perhaps hiring a planner would be a better expense than almost anything else right having someone help you make those decisions someone to navigate family dynamics someone to do the planning for you so that you can rest um, that's probably going to be a more important than like thousands of dollars on flowers. Sevens, you don't have to have the most epic day. It can be simple. And in fact, the simpler you keep it, I think the more free you're going to feel. And you probably don't need me to say this, but you can also elope if you want to and like spend that money on your vacation. <laughs> Eights, you're going to need to remember why you're doing this. Why this whole, because it kind of feels like hubbubaloo. Like, oh, there's this big production for something and it it's meaningless ultimately. Um, and it is kind of like when you're spending thousands of dollars on flowers, it's kind of like, why? You know, eights tend to be more practical in nature. But just remember who you're doing it for, why you're doing it, and that's what matters. Nines, I really think you should hire a voice for yourself. But to, or just, you know, you would hire someone to do this planner coordinator or ask a friend to be the one to advocate for your needs and speak up for you. Also, let them serve as a buffer between you and the drama. 
you know, all the stress. Kind of let someone be your buffer. My coordinator was amazing and really served as that, like, don't bring anything to Sarah Jane. Bring it all to me. And anything that went wrong, I never even knew about. Well worth it. And also type nines, you can also elope. (laughs) All right, friends, I hope that this episode was helpful. As a reminder, you can call or text your questions into the podcast phone line, and it is always down below in the show notes. As always, it's an absolute joy to create this content for you, and I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. (laughs) 